ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Claws to the Wall. I am your host, Isaiah Garner. I am joined by my lovely co-host, Justin Brown, Kobe Jackson. It's finals week, so if you guys are out there and you guys are getting ready for finals, we hope this will kind of ease y'all stress going into it. Because, you know, we're here to talk about sports, all things Texas State and National. Um, I'd like to give a quick shout-out and wish all the wonderful mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. Um, some of y'all celebrated it on Sunday. Some of y'all will probably celebrate it tomorrow. But nevertheless, I want to wish out a happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Because, you know, without moms, we would not be able to be here. So shout out to the moms. Appreciate y'all. Sure. Um, so, yeah, let's let's get straight into it. Texas State baseball. Y'all, y'all know how we've been on baseball all year. They've been they've this is probably one of their best seasons, um, in my opinion. Um, I do not know exactly what their rank is right now, but they just came off a sweep against ULM. Their last series, or they have two more series. They have one against Louisiana Rage Cajuns. They have another game against Houston Baptist and then Georgia State. So their season is winding down. They got two more series, seven games total. Just came off a sweep right here. I think this is the first time in a while they haven't had a Tuesday game. So I think they're really going to look forward to that break in the action. Um, I think they deserve it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, two close wins, 5-4 on Friday and Sunday. Uh, kind of handled their business on Saturday. So I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on this past series and how they did. Well, I mean, kind of one of those series where you kind of expected on paper that it's going to be a sweep. I know I know UM's a really, a really good team, especially in the Sun Belt. But, I mean, Bobcats just handled the business like they normally do, you know. You know, Zeke Wood started off started off Friday, didn't really pitch that well. I know the score kind of really doesn't tell, but uh, but he did pretty well. You know, going uh, I think he only went five innings, I believe, uh, in the game. But uh, Friday's game was good, and then Saturday's game, uh, Levi Wells, my lord, he only gave up that one run. That's that's crazy. So they have the lethal one-two punch that they have for pitching, but Sunday was just kind of a rocky road because Tony Roby was on the mound once again, and you know, sure enough, you know, it was a lot tighter game than than normal than normally was. But you know, it is it is what it is. You know, the stats kind of kind of proved itself. But uh, Tristan Dixon actually got the win Friday. So uh, other than that, this Bobcat team, I mean. What more do we have to say about them? Because every time we, you know, we talked about them, you know, the past few weeks, it's been nothing, nothing but greatness. And you know, the season's winding down. So you know, I know they're on this like little bit of a win streak, but if they keep going with this. I mean, even though they're still number one in conference, you know, they'll have a big momentum, momentum shift going into conference play. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, this team right now is thirty-eight and eleven. I mean, they're showing you why they're 15th in the nation. And, I mean, this uh, – oh, sorry, let me let me check D1 right now on my phone. Texas State is currently 15th in the nation, 38-11. and 11th. We were 17th. We moved up twice. That's on D1 college basketball, baseball ratings. But what I was going to say is this baseball team, I mean, they're on fire. I mean, we've gotten everything that we've needed from this team and one of the best records we've seen so far. Um and, I mean, they're doing great and at the right time. 
Um, and they're, you know, first in conference. They're 20 and four. 20 and four. I mean, that is amazing. And I mean, it shows with this the the win streak they're on right now. And it was a good series sweep. And I'm continue I hope they can continue it with their final series. Yeah, absolutely. 20 and four in conference, Georgia Southern right behind them, Louisiana, Coastal Carolina. You know, so we cannot sleep. We can't we can't think we got it in bed because they, you know, they're right there coming. But Texas State, I think, has been playing phenomenal. Um, they've pretty much been phenomenal all year. We've had their critiques, you know, just because we see problems that because we think this is a championship-level team. We feel like they can not only compete in the Sun Belt, but in the whole College World Series. We think they can make some noise. So, you know, we just want to see, you know, we want to see, you know, obviously the problems that we foresee, we want to see them address. And I think they've done a really good job of that, you know. I think they finally got it together. You know, like I said, they can't sleep because there's teams that are right on their tail. But I think with this next series coming up against um, Louisiana Rage of Cajuns, you know, and then they got that Georgia State, who I believe Georgia State, they were they were close up in the standings. But then because I believe earlier in the year, we were like, hey, that's the series we need to watch out for. Then they kind of fell off. So, you know, that, that's tough to see, but still can't sleep on any of them because, again, Louisiana is the third place team. So that's probably going to be the series. If they can get a sweep out of that, they'll probably clinch on that one seed. So we'll just kind of see what happens from there. But shout out to them. Great season coming down to a stretch, you know, seven more games. Make them count. Speaking of season coming down to the end, softball finished their last series uh, sweeping UT Arlington. Uh, Run ruled them in the first game, uh, shut them out in the last game. That second game they won 7-2, so one by five. Great series for them. So honestly, at this point, all they're doing is getting ready for getting ready for the uh the Sun Belt Conference tournament that starts uh Wednesday at Appalachian State. So I kind of wanted to first get y'all's thoughts on the the series and then we'll kind of go in and talk about the tournament and who they're up against and stuff. You know, the winning streak just kept just kept building on, you know. I I actually spoke with a funny story because I actually I was working, you know, at HB and everything. I actually ran into Caitlin Rogers, who the, who like just came back from uh, from Dallas and uh, Arlington. So, and I asked her like, "Yo, like, are you guys gonna have the confidence in the world to beat Appalachian State? Because that's who you are, are playing against." And she was like, "You bet you." I want to say the I don't want to say the obvious words, but she was she sounded very confident. And honestly. You can just see it in her. You can just see it in the face of this Bobcat, this Bobcat softball team that you know now they're on this long winning streak that they had. They're now have the they now have the momentum in the conference tournament now. I know, you know, I know the conference tournament. It's long. It's dreadful because you got to deal with different teams, especially in the Sun Belt. But just you know, they're just they have a different mindset that you know that we haven't seen since kind of the season started. I know when we talk about them, <clears throat> excuse me. When they went 20 and 17, we were like, okay, maybe, maybe it's going to be an up and down season, but not nah, 15 game winning streak to end the regular season. First of all, phenomenal. UTA, I mean, you got to give them the props. You know, uh, Jessica Mullins, outstanding once again. You know, everything she's been doing really all season has kind of transpired till now, but now it's now, now, now it's the time you really start to, you know, wind down everything that you've put into the regular season and start, you know, prepared for conference play. But other than that, but for UTA series, another sweep. And uh, 
you know, as Jay-Z once said, on, on, or not Jay-Z, uh, what's that called? On to the next, I should say. Yeah. All I have to say is this, look, okay, here's what I have to say about the softball team. You're on a 15-game winning streak to close out the season. Now, we thought they were an inconsistent team because they were building the recipe that is this team. I mean, look at it. You got on the pitching circuit, you got Jessica Mullins right there to begin every game. And then that hitting rotation is just perfect with Sarah Vanderford and we got Sierra Trey and right before her and just like the perfect lead-on hitter for her. And I, I just love this lineup. Such a good lineup. Coach Warder did a great job with this. And honestly, here's the thing. Caitlin Rogers is not nervous about App State because guess what? They beat the previous 15 times they have ever been on the field. Uh, 15 times Texas State Bobcats have played the previous people they've won. They're on a 15-game win streak. They haven't lost a game since April 9th. It's been a whole entire month. Make it today. All right? So this softball team hasn't lost in over a month. They know what they're doing. They don't care if they're away or not. And I think that's just scary and i mean this team is looking to get revenge on their ncaa tournament they missed out on last year because of freaking oregon so i mean it's a very interesting very interesting season for them so far 19 and 8 in conference you're not first in conference they're third but you know you got to really look forward to see what they can do in the sunbelt tournament i mean you know it's you know anything can happen you can have an off night and stuff like that and i i think they're one and done right like in the tournament as well is it okay yeah just mm-hmm. like march madness i guess so you know mm-hmm. you have to play your best and you can't come out inconsistent so i think this texas bobcat team's doing just that yeah absolutely um they play appalachian state the uh, appalachian state's the sixth seed when they did play in last uh, this past season um, in their series, they did lose that series two to one. Um, they did, uh, I believe it was they won the first game five zero, then lost two three, and then one four. So <clears throat> it is it was close, but I think it's safe to say that the softball team we saw in March was not the softball team we saw in April. Mm-hmm. You know, this softball team in March um, was kind of up and down. And then AS for whatever reason, April came around, they was like, all right, let's stop playing around. You know what I mean? So um, I think it's going to be a really interesting series. It is double elimination. So if they lose one game, they still have a chance to make it all the way to the to the chip. But, you know, obviously we don't want to – we do even want to have a chance about that happening. So, um, yeah, so shout out to them. Uh they play again. It is in Appalachian State. I believe it will be streaming on ESPN Plus because usually okay. that's where the Sunbelt. I was about to say usually that's where the Sunbelt is is uh, streamed. So if y'all can, if y'all do have ESPN ESPN Plus, whenever you have time, just go catch a go catch a softball game. You know, hey, they've been, they've they've really turned their season around. They've had a great time. So uh, we're all proud of them. We want to see them do great. And you know, hey, if we can get both both men and women in the College World Series, the ace, why not, right? So, mm-hmm. so shout out to them. Uh, last, last, last Texas State team we want to give a little shout out to because they haven't competed since April 30th is the Texas State track team. They will be having their Sun Belt Conference uh, track meet May 12th through May 14th. So this Thursday through Saturday, it will be in uh, uh, Louisiana Lafayette or Lafayette, Louisiana. I apologize. Um, yeah, and you know we've we've always we obviously talked about Alyssa Wilson, Dominic Yancey. I think uh, their whole track team as a whole um, is is for sure uh, kind of taking take not not only taking everybody like kind of everybody's eyes by storm, but 
I mean, when's the last time we had a trap program like this good? You know what I mean? Like you're always gonna have those one, those one athletes here and there. But the fact that it's it almost seems like it's a whole. Like the relay teams are doing great. The 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 field the field runner the field jumpers the throwers they're doing great too. So you know they have they have their uh you know they have their meet. Um, it, it looks like it looks like the day separating it. Like they have a lot of hammer throw and javelin on the first day. They got the long distance. And yeah, they kind of split it up between those three days. And those that will also be streamed on ESPN Plus as well. But um. Uh, yeah, just shout out to the track team. I just kind of wanted to give them some love. If you yeah, know, I thing about the track yeah, 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 yeah. All right, just had to give some love to one of the players in this track and field team. Someone we mentioned a lot. I'm talking Alyssa Wilson because guess what? Four days ago, she just got her sixth Sun Belt Player of the Week that she's gotten this season. She's mm-hmm. gotten it six times this season, guys, because she just keeps breaking records. And I mean, nonstop. I mean, you got someone that's doing beating Olympic records, Olympic standards, like from last year. I mean, come on. And I mean, Texans, I mean, Bobcats are doing this on all over. You got Dominic Yancey. You got, you got, um, what was his name? Uh, we had, uh, sorry about this. We had Daniel Harold and he just got the 110 meter hurdle record. I mean, it's just this Texas Bobcat team. It's just really popping off. I mean, uh, on track and field wise, I mean, I wish we had more coverage them. I wish we've gotten to see more of the meets, but you know, it's just wow. I mean, what an impressive performance by them. I'm so glad you brought them up, Isaiah, because they definitely do deserve that recognition. Yeah, absolutely. They definitely do. Um, you know, they got pre a lot of the running is like prelims on Thursday and uh finals on Friday. You know, everybody always wanna see that four by four. That's always the last one. That's always the one that gets everybody pumped. So we're hoping that they come out with some awards and then if they can move on to, you know, regionals. The West Regional, it's I believe it's West Regional Championships and then Outdoor Championships. So if we can get some Texas State athletes representing us out there, that would be fantastic. So shout out to them. It's been a great, I think it's been a great way to end off Texas State sports. Um, I know we have football and volleyball in the fall. Um, I wasn't here for that. Came around. Basketball, we saw them do good things. Um, golf has been doing good things. And then we ended with baseball, softball, and track. And they're all doing good things as well. So I really think this is one of the better years as a whole for Texas State sports. And it's a really good thing to see. It's a really good thing to see. So shout out to all Texas State sports. Rooting for y'all as we coming down to the stretch, you know, because unfortunately I feel like after finals, maybe a lot of people might not be here to witness it. So just know that uh, we are supporting them regardless of where we might be after we take our final test. So now we want to transition into the NBA. And I think I want to get this out the way right now. I, I think I do because it was announced this morning, around seven o'clock, around seven o'clock, that Nikola Jokic has been named back-to-back MVP, and the presentation might be sometime this week. And the reason why I want to start with this because you know, as you know, I'm pretty sure y'all know. Before we hit record. Before we start talking, we we always have, you know, we, we talk about things we want to get off. And it kind of shocks me that I'm the only one that that didn't have a problem with Jokic winning MVP. It does. So I really want to under I really want to get into y'all's mind to understand why y'all looked at me like I was crazy when I said, yeah, he should be MVP. I, I really want to know that. So I, I don't care which one goes first because y'all going to make me get in my bag today. So all I say is this. All right. 
you think of impactful teams this season. You think of teams. You think of teams that really just have made an impact, and you think of players that have carried those teams. Like you think of John Morant with the Grizzlies, right? You know, at the point you think of Jason Tatum with the Celtics, or you used to think the DeMar DeRozan and the Bulls when they were good, you know. Um, you know, those are teams that we've seen that are led by these superstars that are really making an impact this year. But then you see the Nuggets that did really nothing this year, very quiet season. You had an all-star point guard that's been injured all year, and you got Jokic on that team just carrying them to survive because he's an amazing player, right? Well, all I have to say is this. I see players like Joel Embiid that are on a winning team that are making a huge impact this year and they're doing great numbers. I see Devin Booker playing the best season of his career, averages insane numbers like Kobe Bryant. Almost. And, I mean, you don't see him getting any recognition for an MVP vote. But, no, the NBA is going to keep it international. They want international players to win these awards because it makes the league look good. So they want to give it to Nikola Jokic or Giannis. I think that's good. They need to because we need more international players. And international players are the best players in our league right now. You see Luka Doncic, one of the best players in the league, and we're going to keep talking to him about him soon. But – Dang, wow, I was surprised to see Nikola Jokic win it again because I didn't think he made that big of an impact this year compared to other players like Devin Booker and Giannis and Joel Embiid. And, uh, real quick, real quick, Embiid is international too, by the way. So the top three in votes were all international, but continue. Yeah, it just, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, I really Jokic surprised us, and I really wasn't expecting that, but he got the votes and, you know, he got the trophy. Now he's back-to-back. MVP, which is two time, two time. Kobe, what are your thoughts? Well, to me, I, I, you pretty much nailed it about him. I'm don't get me wrong. I love Nikola Jokic. I like how he plays, but just for some reason, he just did not play like his like himself. You know, obviously that that five game series against uh, the Warriors kind of was a little slump, a little bump in the road, but. If you want to look at everything, if you want to look at a season, just a season altogether, to me, it should have been Joel and B that won it. That's my personal opinion, because the man was just on a tear. I think he only missed like what, like I get like eight, nine games this whole year. But uh, and I don't I know Jokic really didn't miss that much either. But if you look at the comparisons of who's had a better impact on their teams, this all this year, it's it's to me, it's Joel Embiid, and I know Isaiah, you're kind of not liking that because your look kind of says it all. I actually don't hate it. I actually don't hate it at all. <laughs> but I mean, to me, I think Joel Embiid, to me, should have won MVP personally. Mm, interesting. Okay, so Justin, I'm gonna come to you first. You mentioned Demar Derozan, right? And you said uh, that he had more of an impact on these Bulls. No, I said he like we thought of Demar at the time when the Bulls were good when they were first seed, not when they were an eight seed. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. All no. right, cool. So, um, so then I won't even mention him. Um, you mentioned Jason Tatum, you mentioned Giannis, you mentioned Embiid. Even all team, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Jason Tatum pretty much has had his team all year, his full healthy team. Milwaukee has pretty much had their full healthy team all year. Um, and B, even before he got Harden, pretty much had his full healthy team. And then they got Harden, and Harden was was playing for him. Um, and Jokic, I'm going to remind everybody, didn't have his top two options. 
Didn't have his top two options. You know the Nuggets? I know because they're looking at seeding, right? Six seed. Ugh. You know they're three games behind uh, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly? Three games. So if you put Denver in the East, they're a five seed. They have the same record as Toronto, and they're probably right above them. Probably right above them, right? So they'd be a five seed, right? Another thing I want to mention, you mentioned Devin Booker. That's the only one I can give you if you want to go off record. Um, Jokic, again, without his top two options, now I'm going to have to go to Statland, right? Jokic was averaging 27 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists on 58% shooting from the field. Giannis was 29, 11, and 6 on 55%. Joel was 30, 11, and 4 on 50%, basically, 49.9. So, like, Yogi, and by the way, Yogi just doing this without another option. Like, Giannis has Chris and Drew to rely on. And Bede had, well, had, has Harden before that. Maxi and Seth Curry and all the boys, right? Um, even Jason Tatum got Jalen Brown to rely on, right? Yogi had nobody. And he's only three games behind him. Three games. Like, like for me, I don't think it's crazy for him to win MVP when literally he's putting up better numbers. Maybe y'all can say the scoring, but more rebounds. Definitely a better playmaker than all of these guys. For sure better than Embiid. Giannis has gotten better, but he's for sure a better playmaker than these guys. And I think the gap is a lot bigger. I think the gap is a lot bigger than people want to think. And he's literally only three games behind. And like Giannis and them, Giannis and them, I think, play like 68 games. Jokic played 74, so like six games difference. Go ahead, Justin. I have a question. Last year in the postseason when the uh, the Nuggets were there, not this previous one with the Warriors, but the year before, um, did they have Jamal Murray? Did they have their all-star? No, no, no. They, were, they were still injured, no. right? Yeah. This team has just been unhealthy for a long time. For the last two – for the last two playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's what I think. I mean, if I look at these two past series, I, you know, I really can't be surprised that Jokic wins, you know, MVP. He lost last series that he got MVP in, and he lost this series that he got MVP in. I mean, all I will say is this. If I'm thinking you're the most valuable player in the entire league, you are the most valuable player in the league. If there's one player out of these 288 players, you're the most important one. I would expect for you to maybe bring the Warrior team to at least an extra freaking game and not end it in four games. I mean, I'm five, five yeah. games. Yeah. So, you know, I just. I don't know. I think the the Nuggets definitely could have done them. But now, obviously, here comes that controversial debate throughout history: the MVP award and how the team performs. It's an individual award. I under I understand that, but I don't know. I think uh, his role as an individual, he fulfills it a lot. You know, he does average the numbers that shows that he's an All Star. He really is. But I don't know. I just feel like in his current position, he doesn't make that much of an impact on. Um, uh, I mean, he, he, he and, didn't help them that much in the playoffs. This but, year. And so that's why I ask if y'all are looking at playoffs. Because play, I will even say, I thought this team was good enough to at least win two. And you watch that game. There's two games that I feel like we should have won. But either Aaron Gordon or Will Barton sold us. So that's neither here nor there. But you talk about impact. This team without Jokic is a top. Oh, I know they're terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Top. So when you say impact, like. Think about it. And just think about this. When we had Jamal Murray, we were top three, top two. 
And for the past three years, for the past three years, we lose Jamal Murray and we're 48 and 34, three games behind Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly because they all have 51 wins. All I say is that after last year's finals and then the rest, rest of like, you know, the regular season so far, the postseason so far, we've seen Giannis Antetokounmpo just show his colors. I mean, and I don't know why he hasn't got an MVP this year. I mean, he's won it before, I know, but I, I don't know. I just feel like he, his impact has been so much greater than people like Jokic. I mean, we talked about, talk about Giannis and we see his bag developing and we're thinking, how are we going to stop this guy? This guy because if you, play, if you put all these guys in the West, the Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly, they're five seeds. So they're one seed above Jokic. And honestly, you know, if there's anyone that I'd love to see, like going to 1v1 with Giannis, it would be Jokic. I feel like they'd be pretty good. Like street ball yeah. movie one or oh, no, I feel like they're both kind of seven foot almost, you know, like they both kind of, <laughs> I, think I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean yeah, yeah, maybe, but I just, I just don't think it's crazy, especially like because, like, for example, if Jason Tatum was doing this without Jalen Brown, I'd say give him love. Mm. If Giannis was doing this all year without Chris Middleton and because Drew isn't going to be consistent like that, I'd say, yeah, give him love, you know what I mean? But like, literally, it's not like he was missing one, he was missing both of them. You know, I mean, Monte Morris and and like Capazzo was getting a lot of minutes. Like, like, come on, man. So, like, I I will say, if y'all wanted to see Giannis as an MVP or be like, I don't hate it, but y'all will sit here acting like you because you said it. Like, I just don't think he had as much impact. I'm like, I mean, if, you, if your team is a top five pick without you and with you, you're you're not even in the play. Like the Timberwolves, they had all their guys all year. <laughs> they had all their guys all year. Isaiah, who's the center on that Timberwolves team? No kidding. It always has to relate back to the Timberwolves. I'm just, I'm just saying. Well, I think, okay, so yeah, Jokic wins it. Good for him. I'm glad, you know, the second rounder can win another one. But what do y'all think about oh, yeah. this Dallas Mavericks Phoenix series? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll be back. We'll be back. Can't wait till we're healthy next year. Uh, Luca. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Phoenix and Dallas is interesting because I think Phoenix can get caught. I think Phoenix can get caught. Whoever wins this series is losing to the Warriors, but whoever wins this series is losing to the Warriors, regardless. But I think Phoenix can get caught. Now, Spencer Dinwiddie's inconsistent is crap for me. He's getting on my nerves because I'm like, bruh. They traded you for Chris Stapps, and you're not doing what you need to do. But I think Phoenix can get caught. I mean, a, one one thing I've always heard and always known, a series doesn't start until somebody wins a game on the road. Mm-hmm. So everybody technically did what they were supposed to do. So game five, to me, is going to be the crucial. Because if, if, if uh, Dallas can get one out, hey, got ourselves a series. Well, what I say, well, what I will say is this: If you're looking at both the teams here, you know, one thing you have to notice when you look at the Dallas Mavericks is the way that Jason Kidd just switched up his coaching program in the postseason. I mean, his team is insanely fast. You got players like Jalen Brunson dropping 40 points on your head, and you're like, "What?" Um, you know, it's just crazy. I, I don't know. Um, 
I, I just think this team is just built really differently. They're really fast-paced. They're really good. And I think both teams are. Phoenix, I mean, they've shown that they can play without Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul is fouled out in that fourth quarter. And they still, I mean, they're a well-oiled machine. They'll perform. But people say the Mavericks may have got lucky with Chris Paul fouling out that early in the game. I mean, I don't know. But I will say I think Phoenix is going to get this one because I think Monty Williams and this team is just, just too well-depth. I mean, too far, too deep and too well-coached to be the Mavericks for them to beat i mean luca yeah i mean he can carry it all day we can get him to score 40 points but sometimes you can still score 40 points and still lose a game mm-hmm. so you know especially when you got booker dropping 35 and chris paul probably dropping 22 and nine assists on your head i mean how are you gonna stop that i don't know but i think um no matter what i think it's gonna be a beautiful series with whoever goes to place the warriors i think that's gonna be a great series no i don't think it's gonna be an easy sweep like y'all predict I think it'll be a beautiful seven-game series, but I don't know. That's oh no, I, I don't think it'll be a sweep. I just think they're gonna lose. I have words oh, okay. about the West. No, oh, okay, but uh, you know, it's it's crazy because anytime I'd be at work, there's this one person who is a diehard Dallas Mavericks fan and oh, is a diehard Luca fan. So me and him have been literally having this debate about. Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks because it's now tied up at 2-2 and we actually placed the bet and stuff about who's winning the series. He's saying Dallas, I'm saying Phoenix. To me, after after what I just watched last uh, yesterday in game four, this has gotten really, really unpredict- unpredictable now because... I'm a little nervous about your money now. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I can't, man, I can't, I can't afford to lose my money. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, nah, because this Dallas team was – what were they shooting, like, almost 60%, 50, like, above 50% yesterday? Oh, my God, they're, they're almost breaking three-point records. I don't even know. Yeah, they almost broke the three-point record. They had, like, I think 20, 21 threes for the whole game. Like, that's insane. I think the last – who was the last game I did? Cavaliers, right? Or was it – Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty Cavaliers, sure about okay. okay, that's what I thought. So – that was interesting. And the fact that Chris Paul got fouled out with only five points and like five rebounds. Say, he wasn't, I was like, he wasn't doing nothing before he left. Yeah, out. he wasn't really doing much and stuff. But then he had like his little, little off, you know, off the court stuff, which well, we'll we won't really discuss about. But um just oh man, now I'm really worried because if Chris Paul doesn't come out and play like he normally does, like when it's mad when it matters then Phoenix might lose this series in all in all fairness. But you can't count out Luca's guts. You can't count count out Jason Kidd at all. Because the man has been in this situation many times of his career, whether if he was a player or now him being a coach. So to me, this series is going to come down who has more drive and who has more willpower in this series. I see seven now because to me it's two two now, but to me seven is is my limit. Uh, it's it's just a it's just a coin toss right now who's winning the series right now. I feel you on that. Um, I mean, I will say also, I feel like it is a coin toss. I, I feel like it's really going to come down to the other players for the Mavericks. I mean, when you talk about the other players for the Suns, you know they deliver campaign. Yeah, you know, you know Cameron Johnson campaign. You know, uh, other player DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder for the Suns. You know they'll deliver with the Mavericks. We need that from Brunson. We need that from Benny Smith. We need that from D- Davis Bertans. We need that. It's from Spencer Dinwiddie though. That's the one. I'm like, bro, why aren't you hooping? Like, 
Yeah, that's the one that. I'm getting on my Luca list. can't do this alone. Luca's like a Devin Booker. He's a scorer. He's going to put drop 40 on your head, but he needs support. And I think, you know, if you don't have that support, I don't know if this Mavericks team is going to get it done in seven games. It just we'll see. It's just such yeah, a cool we'll series. I, lo- I love the series. It's a good series. Yeah. Speaking of good series that I didn't see coming, how about this Heat and Sixes? Because I for sure thought Heat were winning at the least at five. I was like, yeah, Miami and five. I don't care. And I was tied up, and I and that's my heat because I literally said series doesn't start till till the team on the road wins the game, mm-hmm. and they came back. And I don't know what it is, but the Heat have just they just look like a completely different team when they played in Philly. Like I don't know what it is. Like, <sighs> let me just say this. Because Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia, has always been known to make their voices heard as far as sports in the sports world goes, whether it's you know, cheering for the Phillies or for the tragic Philadelphia Eagles or for the Philadelphia 76ers. Their voices are always heard, you know? But, you know, to me, after what I saw last night and everybody was commenting about James Harden, how the beard is back, don't be surprised if he has one of these games where he doesn't he doesn't make a lot. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. For real. Don't be surprised if that if that. That means but for Embiid to come back, uh, you know, come back game three and, and and win and come back game four to win as well with that mask on, because playing with the mask is tough, except if you're Kobe Bryant who dropped 40 some points. But that's a different discussion for a different day. But to me, this this series is this series is now interesting because we've been mostly focusing on the East really all year, if you really look at it. But now, since it's playoff time, now it's kind of even across the board as far as the East and the West goes. But this series, I mean, this Philly, these the Philly, excuse me, this Sixers Heat series has been crazy. But back to your point about Miami, you know, they were one, you know, they were one of the hottest teams in basketball, no pun intended. But uh, you know, anytime. <laughs> but anytime, they're, you know, anytime they're trying to you know get something going they just haven't been getting anything going at least since they've been in philly so this is going to be a tough series now they're heading back to miami now where it's going to be maybe hot i guess in the arena so we'll yeah. see. Well, what i would say about this team is this okay this Philly and Miami series, I got to love it. In this past game, I mean, you got to – some people are giving credit to James Harden. Yeah, he had a great game. But, you know, we're not – he's not playing like that recently. He's a facilitator. He's not really going to be dropping 31 and 7-9 like he did last night. So the near triple-double for Harden, but you have to give credit to Joel Embiid, like you said, 24 and 11, 24 points, 11 rebounds. That's with a broken face. Um, sorry, that's, that's pretty hard to do. Um, also, what I will say – is one stat that you need to look at for this Miami Heat team is there were seven for 25 from three-point range. I mean, they're not usually that bad. You don't usually have Tyler Hero shooting one for five and Duncan Robinson not there to help. But, I mean, it's just like – Yeah, they're not playing him. So – Yeah, so – him all that money and they're not playing him. I know. So all I will say is this, you know – the Philadelphia 76ers, they're, they're finally warmed up, and I think Tyrese Maxey came out to play. And, uh, you know, if you have all three players on the Sixers working out with Harden, Maxey, and Embiid, this team's hard to stop, okay? It really is because I, I don't know. It's just this Miami team, you had Jim Butler drop 40, but you see you can win, still drop 40 and still lose a game. And wow. I think that just shows that this coaching staff, I mean, they're starting to understand this 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 Heat team 
Because if you see a team, guys, seven times, you understand a team, right? They've seen each other five times now. They're going to see each other five times now. I mean, they're getting used to each other, and they're starting to learn that, you know, this Heat team is stoppable, and their shooting is stoppable. So all I know is it's just it's it's going to be an interesting series. I love that the, the Sixers are now getting talked about again because I like the Sixers. I really do. Um, I, but I wasn't surprised to see Joel Embiid break his face because, you know, the guy always gets unhealthy. He always break, gets injured somehow in the postseason. So please eat your broccolis. I'm just telling them right now, eat your broccolis, drink your milk. Do not injure yourself, Joel Embiid. Please. Thank you. Uh, Justin with the Hulk Hogan impression. Um, Brother. So la- la- Brother. Last, two, last, 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 two, last two series we're going to get to, and then we're going to wrap it up. Um, I think we know the guaranteed seven-game series, though, right, with the Celtics and the Bucks. I think we can all agree that's for sure. Oh, no yeah. Uh, I just, I just want to say real quick, so I haven't got to actually sit down and watch any of these games because, you know, busy people, finals week, you know, thing, you know things happen. But you, you kind of just look – I mean, even this last one came down to the wire. But, like, Jason Tatum, four for 19. Looking real, looking real KD-ish. Looking real KD-ish in that last series. <laughs> Like Giannis had his most efficient game of the year. I mean, of the series, sixteen for thirty. You know, what I mean, Brooke Lopez low five for Drew Holiday. Why is Drew Holiday taking thirty shots? That's <laughs> crazy to me. Don't know why he's taking thirty shots because he shot horrible. He shot eleven for thirty. That is horrendous. That is horrendous. But nevertheless, that's. Less than 40%. Like, what are you doing, bro? Why are you taking 30 shots? But <clears throat> they did what they needed to do to win because I know he's still, you know, their defensive anchor. But, yeah, every – like, I'm looking at it. Grant Williams, I knew that little 7 for 14 from 3 wasn't going to happen again. But, uh, but yeah, Jalen Brown had an efficient game. But, yeah, Jason Tatum 4 for 19. And they only lost by 2. So, it's like – it's tough because it's like I want to say – well, if Jason Tatum doesn't shoot that poorly, they don't lose. But in the same breath, if Drew Holiday doesn't go 11 for 30, they don't lose. They they probably win by a lot more. So I don't know if y'all have any thoughts on that, but yeah, I just wanted to – I think this is going somewhere for sure. No, I mean, this is a, this is 100% a better series, guys. This is the most popular one in Las Vegas for a reason, okay? No one knows which one's this one this one is going to be heading. You have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is such a high – um, you know, just like such a efficient score uh, in the paint. You know, for example, I'd say that Giannis on most nights will take take advantage of Jason Tatum's off nights. You know, if Jason Tatum's doing bad offensively, Giannis is definitely going to step up in that position. I don't know. I feel like uh, people forget that the reigning champs do have some experience. They know how to get there. Um, it takes a lot of mental grit to get to an NBA championship. And it also gets you a lot of grit to win. And I don't think some of these young players on the Celtics team know that yet. So I think the Bucs are going to show them in seven games. But yeah, that's my thoughts on this Bucs series. I just really think that the Giannis, uh, I think the Bucs are just kind of just more powerful of a team. I like you. I know Jason Tatum, everyone loves him right now. <coughs> sure. But Kate, I don't think JT is going to have enough to do it. Um, so I think I want to see the Bucks do good. Jacob, Jacob Romy, and you know Nolan Phillips. They they want someone else to win, but I want the Bucks to win. That's my personal opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I predicted earlier that that the Celtics would win, but now I'm kind of 
kind of questioning that now at this point because after when I saw Jason Tatum shoot terribly, absolutely terribly, and now I'm kind of questioning now, like, is he not going to be the main scorer for the Boston Celtics now? But the one thing I will say, because as far as his defense is still fantastic, you know, I'm not going to disregard that, but I hate the fact that after that game, people were comparing Jason Tatum's defense to, like, say, Kawhi Leonard's defense. So like, which is nasty. Which is pathetic, if you Disgusting. ask me. Because Jason Tatum, because Kawhi is on a different level defensively. A different and, level, yeah. You know, but that's another discussion for another day. Uh-huh. But honestly, if Tatum doesn't get back into his scoring, the scoring you know, flow that he normally has done throughout the regular season, kind of throughout this playoff so far, then Bucks will win the series. Like, unquestioned. Like, no question best. For sure, for sure. <clears throat> I know you mentioned that you wanted to see the Bucks win. Well, I'm going to tell you right now. I want to see the Warriors win because I want Steph to get his ring. I want it to just be done. I want, hey, you got your ring. You got your fourth one, your second one without KD. It, it helps Steph Curry get that out the bag. Let him get his finals MVP. It pushes the agenda that KD can't win without Steph. And that way these Warriors can be done. Because I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them. As a Nuggets fan, I'm sick of the Warriors. They've been butts in our butts. Literally, literally, Steph Curry's first playoff series, this is a real quick story. Steph Curry's first playoff series, the Nuggets were a 3C with Ty Lawson and Wilson Chandler, Danny Gunnelari, all the boys. And that's when Steph Curry started going ridiculous, bro. Because I kid you not, I'm literally watching this game. Because I didn't really pay attention to the regular season of that NBA, but I knew the Nuggets were doing good. I literally see Steph Curry get the ball, dribble up the court, tween, tween, dribble across, run around, has a wide open lane to the layup, chooses not to take it, comes back to the three-point line, throws up some bull crap, laces it. I'm like, yo, what is this dude on? And then he comes back the next play and does it the same thing. I'm like, bro, hated the Warriors after that. I'm, I'm sick of them. I'm ready for them to be done. So, wicked championship. Pushes my narrative about KD, and we can be done with y'all. So, but with this Warriors Grizzly series, obviously the Warriors aren't going to shoot sixty five percent from the field again, or sixty three, whatever it was. Like everybody was making everything: Clay, Steph, Wiggins, Kaminga, like <laughs> Jordan Poole off the bench. We know who's been who, but Otto Porter decided he wanted to play basketball today. He was you know what I mean? Like, literally everybody was hooping. Like, there's not a single person on here that did not shoot 50%. Everybody here shot 50% from what I'm looking at, other than Toscano Anderson because they and David Lee because they only took two shots and misspoke. Everybody else shot 50%. So, obviously, that's not going to happen again. And Jaw's about to be out for game four. So, that's going to be tough. But Dylan Brooks is coming back. May I mean they're twenty and two without him. They're twenty and two without y'all. Yeah, and they make it twenty one. So, uh, y'all got thoughts on that? But yeah, my thought. This is my thoughts. It's over. Wrap it up. Put a bow on it. It's done. I, I, here's what I'm saying. The thing is this: this young team, they're scared. They're in the playoffs. It happens, and they're not mentally scared, but they're they're not prepared to lose their superstar at this moment. And Taylor Jenkins isn't ready for it either. If you're a coach and you're taught throughout your whole entire career, hey, it's postseason, give it to your best player, 
and your best player's gone, what do you do? Who do you give it to? All right. The Warriors are going to take advantage of it. They just did it. They just beat you by 30. If they took advantage of your defensive mismatch and shot over your head, they're going to do it again without your superstar. It will be over. The series is over. The Warriors are taking advantage of it. I'm sorry for the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant will learn from this. Um, you know, the Grizzlies team is definitely going to come back harder and stronger. I really hope to see Ja Morant in a, bet, a bigger – okay, honestly, if the Grizzlies can't come out to success like this in the next few years, I hope he goes to a bigger franchise or bigger market because Ja Morant is literally the next space of this league almost. And he needs to get the recognition he deserves. But, yeah, no, I think this Memphis series is over. Um, you know, maybe a hot take to some people, but I don't know. I just really don't know how they're going to stop this this Warriors team. I mean, seriously, we saw how they were shooting, guys. I mean, come on. Uh, and, and one more win, they're 3-1 up, and there's, your chances of winning that series is 92%. Go for it. I don't know. But that's just me. <laughs> to me, uh, I hate the fact that do – you, do you, let me ask. Do you two believe in jinx, like jinxes? Do you, do you believe in that? To an extent. To an extent. Like, to an extent? Okay. So, remember when we talked about how John Morant was going to become possibly another Derrick Rose? Possibly. And then he gets injured. And then he gets injured. So, Uh, first of all, all, I hate the fact that John Moran got hurt because the man is like the soul of this team, if you really look at it. However, you know, the Warriors, you can't stop the Warriors. I know, Isaiah, you're kind of still hating on the Warriors just because they keep beating your team, but that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, that, that's life, unfortunately. But, you know, the if the Gri- Grizzlies cannot win without John Moran. We have clearly have seen that. But, you know, if you look at the regular season, like you said, 20-2 and two in the regular season without John Moran, still, it's still pretty good. But, you know, Dylan Brooks is coming back. So the chances are kind of kind of up in the air. But as far as this series goes to me, Warriors are taking this now. Because without John Morant, this team doesn't flow. This team doesn't you know, score like, you know, that jaw does and everything. I mean, Jared Jackson Jr., I actually, you know, he's been doing okay. But, I mean, there's still not too much Yeah. So, I mean, so. So, I mean, but this this series is kind of over in my book. Justin, like you said, Warriors will take it. And, uh, you know, I hate I, – as much, I like the Warriors, don't be wrong, but I was really pulling for the Grizzlies this series. But after that injury for John Morant, it's, it's, it's the Warriors taking for it. So, Bro, same here with me, Kobe. I, I loved this, you know, Memphis team. I really did. Like, oh, my gosh, so much. But then, you know, with this injury, your superstar is injured. I mean, I don't know how these, you know, less young players are going to pick up, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, Warriors may get this dub. Yeah, I mean, shout out to them. They got that little championship pedigree, so they know how to win, um, which is annoying. But, hey, it's okay. <laughs> Bold prediction. Hey, just like, just, like the bad, just, like, just like the bad boy Pistons, had to get over the hump of Larry Bird, just like Michael Jordan had to get over the hump of the bad boy Pistons. Hey, the Nuggets, we finna get over the hump of the Warriors. And, hey, y'all don't want to see the Nuggets healthy next year. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) But we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Fun episode. Hey, again, if y'all got finals, please pass them. Or, you know, if you guys are – if you guys – Yeah, for sure, for sure. If you guys got plans for the summer, then, hey – do what y'all got to do. 
have fun, be safe. I've been your host, Isaiah Garner. Of course, I was joined by Kobe and Justin. Y'all have yourself a wonderful day, and we will catch y'all next time.